This week on Mob Rules. We have a guest that you've actually heard of. We welcome back a guest that you might have heard of. Are you guys actually popular? Well, not really. Yeah, but no. check out our back catalog. Yeah, yeah. Not episode one, though. Audio is awful. It's it's episode ten of Mob, Mob Rules. Rules. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It'll, it'll become like a talk show or a, uh, a game show in no time. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the hope. We go for that, uh, like that Disney talk show. That early morning drive drive by theme that, that we go for. They play on the school bus yeah. for the kids. <laughs> so. Welcome to episode 10 of Mob Rules. We are the podcast that stomps super heavies. That's what I came up with this week. Uh, uh, I, of course, am John, joined as always by Ted. 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 And I'm Phil. Hi, Phil. Hi. Way to introduce yourself and no take problem. that thunder away from me. All right. Uh, Why don't you try then? See what you can do if you can do better. Well, I'm not going to promote your uh, Glacial Geek YouTube channel anymore. Oh, I'm you already did. Say. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah. youtube.com slash C slash Glacial The Glacial Changed. Yeah, right. um, our, I've got a new one. Our, our friend Phil here has finally got enough subscribers, uh, 32, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to get his own uh, URL on YouTube now. Uh, so there's three. There's that. me and my mom and my dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> and your mom dislikes your videos. Yeah. And yeah. for 500 she, bucks, she you thumbs can get down a all, my, all of my videos. <laughs> uh, we also want to welcome with us today a very special guest. Uh, Gab Thorpe is with us here. Um, a lot of you... Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, a lot of you might remember, uh, I know Ted and I especially from back in you know, second edition, he was a real big developer for Games Workshop, he was responsible for a lot of codices. I think that's the plural of it, right? Codices? Or... In the English language, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, proper, the proper language. Queen's um, English. <laughs> uh, game systems, you, you took care of the, the background for Warhammer Fantasy for the longest time. Uh, I know I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. With Seth Rollins' current injury, do you feel they're going to hotshot Roman Reigns into the title way too early and the crowd's going to turn again like at the Royal Rumble? Oh, well, it's a distinct possibility, actually. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say, it's more likely that they'll bring forward uh, Seamus cashing in his money in the bank. But he's going to cash it in on a vacant championship? Because I'm super excited. No, 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 but they can, they can throw him into the mix. So even if uh, they can use it to bring some heat onto Reigns, maybe. <laughs> I'm calling a, a Kevin Owens Reigns final with a Seamus Cashin. Is that what you reckon? Yeah, that's what I reckon it'll be at the end of the tournament there. I, I, I was asking, I was asking uh, people on Twitter and Facebook which questions you should ask me. <laughs> and the one that came up actually was, would I go for Joe or Finn? Wow! We tapped into the money but, right but, here. But, but see, Joe is ready now to go up. Um, Balor's still finding his confidence at the WWE <laughs> level. Like he's still having trouble finding his marks with cameras and things like that. And his entrance, while it's amazing, you know, he's still kind of getting that part down. Joe's ready to go now. The first time, the first entrance I saw on one of the, the takeovers was amazing. I mean, they've actually quite hit it as well since. No. Um, with all the lighting and stuff like that. I just have to say Samoa Joe anyway because he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, and, uh, NXT are touring in the UK. Do you have tickets so for that, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I've got, I've got uh, floor, floor tickets oh. for when they come to Nottingham. Are you going to go in costume? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and see. <laughs> 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 <laughs
It'd be amazing. It'd be like Star Wars. Oh, yes. Wow. Hell, we're going to have to get some more Joe on now. What is that? No, no, absolutely. What does he play? What does he play? And what does he play? I don't know. I think he's quite a Dark Angels fan, actually. Yes. Yes. So you're a Dark Angels fan, too, right? I mean, not that. Well, I wrote about them, so I said, yeah. But you had an army or not? or? No, no. Okay, I don't blame you. Oh. But I don't collect traitors. Oh. <laughs> Even you? Come on! Well, well, see, the thing is, Phil, if the guy, if the guy who primarily nice writes the fiction for Dark Angels says that they're traitors... Oh, man. <laughs> my defense of my army is now... I don't know. I've got nothing now. <laughs> now that like, the primary like fluff writer of them is just... Oh, man. Well, you're now looking in the well of knowledge, so why don't you ask him about yeah. the Dark Angels? Oh, man. Seriously. Oh, I don't think his soul can take anymore. <laughs> I know. Now I'm just destroyed over here. <laughs> Didn't hey, realize he's gonna, that he's gonna go back, and his wife or his uh, fiance is not gonna be able to love him. Right I know exactly. I'm, I think I'm just gonna have to go on my way home and pick up like the Codex uh, Chaos Space Marine now. <laughs> just rusting the Codex yeah. Malt Liquor. Yeah. <laughs> he already has Codex Chaos Space Marine. Oh. There'll be, there'll, there'll be a, uh, like a, an ebook supplement or something. A big Chaos. Dark Angels. <laughs> Chaos Dark Angels. Oh, no, Subtitle, actual just Dark Angels. <laughs> the one uh, the start is going Yeah, the real, <laughs> well, the real Dark Angels, please stand up. When this gets out half set, we'll explain. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, the reaction changes to darkness, and there's the lion in there, and Astalem said the lion was waiting yeah. to see who won. Killed everyone. So the fact that I've just uh, said. I know. <laughs> well, no, they're all traitors. Who's going to yeah. kill everyone? <laughs> I, I kind of want to see. May not be joking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of can't wait to see the the ability of the internet to take one line from an interview out of context <laughs> and yeah. run with it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, says, yeah. The great thing is, is like John and I are going to be those people that do that. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Just mess with stir the pot a little bit there. <laughs> the best viral marketing campaign you could possibly get. It's like on a little known podcast, Gav Thorpe has declared that oh. the Dark Angels are actually traitor marines. Yeah. You can't see, but I'm actually emailing balls right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, so you wrote, wrote the books. Um, what do you, what do you play for right now, or are you out of forty k? Uh, I'm kind of out of. I've not been playing any GW games for quite a while. I, I played a little bit more Warhammer after I left and things, but I've been uh-huh. uh, mainly my, my toy soldiering has been elsewhere, really. But yeah. today, um, I actually. <laughs> I pre-ordered Trailer Calf. Oh, <laughs> cool. I went, into, I went into the local DW store to buy some paints uh-huh. um, and ended up coming out with a pre-order for Trailer Calf. So, so what faction are you going to go with, do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably just going to paint them up as the Ultimates and Workbows because the transfers are in the box and everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I don't know. It could be Dark Angels, could be Raven Guard and all that sort of thing. I'd, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'd say I've not... It's been a long while since I painted Space Marines, and there's some really nice models. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, the, and the guy sold me really well. He's going to say Blackshirt doing his job over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's one game close to his target today. So, that's yeah. right. uh, so did they have the? Uh, uh, did they do a demo game or? They did, well, not the demo game itself. They had an open box and they kind of sprayed up and assembled it, and she didn't actually have a kind of fully painted set. Okay. There. 
um, but I was just looking through any of the rule book and stuff, which looks very nice. But Did of course, you? I kind of um, I knew it was coming because uh-huh. of the work on the Horace Heresy series, the Italian novels and stuff. So we kind of had a little bit of a sit down meeting. But I hadn't actually seen the soldiers in the, I'd say, in the flesh in the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really nice stuff. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I, I didn't say yes straight away, and I wandered out, and I, I came back a few minutes later, and I changed my mind. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah, actually, I, I, actually, I think it's about time I can go back and actually assemble some space marines and, and just paint some space marines. It'd be cool. Yeah. It's, it's, so he, so it's an unpainted uh, set right there that they're demoing, is what you're saying. Oh no. Did, no. did you turn him into the general manager? I mean, I think they have to have it all flocked and everything, don't they? <laughs> well, they you can get a free box this way. I think they were, they were trying. No, okay. Uh, I think they'll, they'll be done by next Saturday, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick up their copies. Uh, that sounds like a weak excuse. I think you should turn him in <laughs> yeah. for a free box. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. 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 But, well, they did get about it. It was an awesome follow, set, follow on sale, though, from, you know, five pots of paint. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite, a, quite an upsell there. <laughs> do what they can. I, I got to say, I do miss up here not having an actual corporate store. Like I said, uh, I, I grew up in, in Aberdeen, Scotland, and, and I, you know, that's my introduction to the hobby was through one of the corporate stores, mm-hmm. um, uh, through, uh, through a demo game of second edition. Uh, and it was it was an amazing experience for me, and it was a similar experience like you were saying. There was like I went in to buy like two things or just look around. I saw an Egram von Horseman model in their display cabinet, and I left with a fantasy starter set. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I have a similar story, except that's how I started meth. I think that's most people when they go into Walmart yeah. <laughs> buy meth. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to when I was when I was a teenager. The, the local store um, we used to it was about a half hour bus trip away, um, but we were only sort of like forty minutes from London, sort of central London. So me and my friends used to go down there, buy comics, go to Gates Workshop. Go there used to be like Tower Records and oh. Virgin Megastore. We'd buy twelve inch LPs and other stuff that makes us really old. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so that was all part of the GW going to the Plaza store, which is closed down now oh. on Oxford Street, was part of the, the London trip every few months we would do to, to geek out on stuff. Um, so it's not, I like going into a store, and whether it's a, a, you know, an actual GW store or a, uh, an independent or something, it's just nice then seeing the stuff on the shelves. And yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a different vibe from, from sort of like just sitting on the other end of the internet writing novels and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and reconnecting with it, and it's the same with talking to people like you or, or fans at events and stuff like that. Again, you, it, it makes it more real than just something you're writing stories about. You remember it's a game and a hobby and people's passion for it and stuff, and it, I find that very inspiring. Yeah. yeah. So, so the uh, uh, the communities, I don't know. You, you get we get kind of salty sometimes, and then you know other times <laughs> we love things. <laughs> you laugh like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but so how do you how do you that balance? Like where's that balance between like the the nerd rage that may bring you down versus like the the inspiration that uh, nerds give you? Uh, the, hobby? I think the, the nerd rage is, is kind of entertaining. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's part of the passion. That's the thing is, people mm-hmm. don't get that angry about stuff they don't care about. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, there's a lot of people whose hobby, and it's not just wargaming, their hobby is bitching on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Actually, it's a lifestyle. And don't do the other bit. And, and there's a lot of ex-gamers and ex-players and ex-hobbyists yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And you just and they're still hanging out on the Warhammer boards or the whatever to moan about it. And you're like, well, this is now your hobby. And, and they're... 40k GW, that's still your hobby, you're just not playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a sense of power then, right? 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I it's just, I mean, I mean, I, I joined Games Workshop when I was 19. That was 22 years ago. Oh, okay. So, uh, just, you know, a long, long time of just people telling me I'm rubbish. So, you get used to it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It's, it's, it's one of those, it's like, well, if they're quiet, then they're not passionate, they're not active, they're not engaged. Oh, okay. You know, whether they're frothing or... And the other thing, again, talking to people actually in stores at games days, all that kind of stuff, is you realise that even as far as the internet spread and stuff like that, it's a microcosm and it doesn't talk for everybody who plays the games. The, number, the biggest forums and stuff still only have a fraction of the number of 40K sets that have ever been sold. You know, so oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's a slice... Of it, but it's probably the, the most active, the most internet committed. Uh, people used to say tournament crowd, but I don't think it's really tournament crowd. But it's all it's also event very event based. Um, it's very US based because everything's so spread out over there. It's much easier to communicate online, whereas the UK is a lot smaller, obviously, and actually local stores and clubs can form a much more focal point for that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for, for even though it might feel like eight percent of everything online is people moaning. You know, it's like the, the experience you get beyond that is it's only 50%. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's, there's the other people who come up to you and just say, it's awesome what you do, we love this stuff. You know, there's, there's the balance there. Yeah. Which stops you going insane and thinking everyone hates you. <laughs> so so the, uh, I would imagine, like, the, the biggest uh, boost to one's ego. Now, you wrote the, or helped write the Sisters of Battle Codex, right? So, yeah, the, the first one. And so the amount of yeah. Sisters of Battle cosplay that's out there, this is you. <laughs> this is you did this. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's got to feel I, good, I, right? The cosplay side of it, I think you'd have to go to Jez Goodwin and John Blanche. <laughs> okay. Them, but, but I, yeah, yeah, We're going to give funny. you that, though. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> there are people at home <laughs> molding boob cups into gothic armor style because of you three. And think of, it like, think of it like the movie Ghost, where your hands are behind their hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, no, lower the gun hand. <laughs> They're only BS3. Thanks, Gav. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's, it's one of those things, again, sort of, uh, parts of the community that aren't necessarily directly addressed by the games, that's one of the whole kind of cosplay thing. I remember I was at a uh, Paris Comic Con a few years ago, it was part of the Black Library thing. Uh, and, and it's kind of attached to a huge sort of anime manga show. And there was loads of cosplay stuff going on. Uh, not just that, but, you know, there was, like, a million guys dressed up as Pikachu, which was quite disturbing. But <laughs> <laughs> guys that look like us, dressed as Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> and I was looking at we had loads of, sort of like, there was sort of um, 40K prints and stuff like that, and looking at it, and, and the imagery, just thinking, actually, yeah, this stuff's great for cosplay. It's just... People, you know, the detail and the, the madness that's in there and stuff—it's very distinctive. So. You know, I, I I just recently saw something on Facebook. It was uh, um, it was two different Space Marine cosplays, but one was a Space Marine uh, dressed as Pikachu, and the other one was a Space Marine as uh, Hello Kitty. So you had like a Marine with the ears and the tail oh. and yellow, <laughs> and the other one was like little bow ties and everything. That that kills me that someone spent hundreds of hours crafting an actual suit of power armor, <laughs> and then was like, you know what? Hello Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> and just painted that up. I'm like, oh god, if I had the skill to make that it's kinda of one of those uh like rages there. Um There was the the, the Warhammer World Open Day, the, the relaunch with the new exhibition and everything, which was a month or two ago, and there were there were three guys there in, in sort of like in the power armor suits. Uh, and it was like an old uh, Crimson Fists 
and they may be an old Tunisian and a Black Templars guy. Mm-hmm. And the Black Templars guy, he was a, he was a slightly older suit, so he didn't actually have the stilts and stuff. <laughs> so he was basically about a foot and a half short of the stilts. And so I, I, I just pointed out, so well, there's scale creep for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite in hero scale. So did you go over it? He's still on the 25 mil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so did you go over there and do your best Princess Leia impersonation? <laughs> You're a bit small for a stormtrooper. <laughs> right. He said that endlessly. That'll learn him. Yeah, exactly. That's so sad. So. Space Wing. It's like coming soon from Black Library and Gav Thorpe is the 40k children's novel series. Good night, Walter. Good night, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get Samuel Jackson reading that. Yeah, it was like the little fuck to sleep. The little old spirit, space marine who swallowed a heretic or something. Like that, or swallowed a soul. I don't know. So, uh, so, so you started in second edition, right? You, you started working yes. in GW then, um, and now third edition was a big shift. I, I almost kind of think of it like the Warhammer to Age of Sigmar, but maybe not quite as big. So, um, I'm, I'm curious what, what the genesis of that was. Like, what was the the, the idea to shift it like that. Uh, Were you part of that was, discussion? And, and there, was, there was a couple of things, really, and it, was, it kind of followed the evolution of Warhammer. So it was about moving it from, essentially, what was a, a slightly straining at the seams skirmish game system to a proper battle game system, mm-hmm. which, one, was a reflection of the armies people were collecting, and, secondly, a commercial... Sense <laughs> to yeah, sell big, okay. bigger armies. But they were collecting <laughs> bigger armies, and it was hard to play with those big armies in any sensible time frame uh-huh. in second edition. Um, and so, and, and that was it, really. It, sort of, it was a, a consensus, I suppose, that, that people wanted a slightly more streamlined system that allowed, you know, it was more unit based and individual model based and that sort of thing. And then Rick went away and wrote third edition, really. Mm. Um, so, and, and that was it, yeah. I mean, uh, and the other thing was to. Sort of on the on the army list font was again just to kind of codify a bit more the way people collected armies as much as much as kind of defining them in the rules. Actually, said well the core of an army is literally these units here that are your basic troops, so they enable people to collect slightly more um, thematic armies, I suppose, in terms of not just having a squad of scouts and a squad of terminators. I think in retrospect. And, and the release of Age of Sigma is interesting. This actually, it kind of has moved further away from just being able to buy the toy soldiers you wanted and play with them, mm. and it's kind of moved back towards that. And actually, those restrictions we brought in in third edition became a bit of a noose around our necks later on when we wanted to do stuff uh, and actually design armies that were flexible enough for people to create their own things rather than having to write a million different army lists to reflect every single theme okay. that people might want. And so, I think you know, it was great at the time, but actually, if I had to go back. However many years, I'd probably say no. That's a rubbish idea. Just keep it up as extras, or so. Were you, were uh, were you playing when they went over to the Unbound? Uh, or in the seventh edition? Sixth to seventh edition, yeah. Did you try? Uh, sixth to seventh. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, well, all seventh to eight for Warhammer. Oh, oh for the, I'm sorry, for forty uh, k. So. Oh, for forty k. Yeah. Well, I, I, say, I mean, I've. Uh, I've been playing for a case since Rogue Trader, mm-hmm. and then and then I sort of I've, I kind of finished pretty much when I oh, oh. left GW, which was eight years ago. So, 
And so I've still got my old art in a case somewhere. Looks really <laughs> old and small. And, no race uh, nights, huh? But, but so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm com- game-wise, I'm completely out of the loop, really. I mean, I've got some codexes and stuff in the background and kind of vague. The rules are still the rules and stuff, but in terms of being able to, put, you know, but anyone who's actually kept up to date with it, I would be less oh. than speaking. See, I thought... Well, unfortunately, I think that this is, you're, uh, you're different than I thought you were, so we might have to move on to a different <laughs> cast. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry for... Thank you for your time. To be fair, I still think he plays more than I do. So, <laughs> so, so there is that. There is that. <laughs> so have well, you... That would be the interesting thing, actually, with the, with the, when I get the patrol cast stuff, paint stuff and stuff, I say, well, actually, there's a, there's a core of an army there. I actually might use it as a way to get into playing a bit more 40K again. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, I've had some space. I've found myself again. We've <laughs> <laughs> had some issues, but, you know... Um, Go but, it, but it is monolithic in the, in the sense there's so much stuff. Yeah. When you, when you do fall out of it and, and it carries yeah. on that steamroll that keeps going and the codexes and the rules development and everything else and you just think... Uh, and it, I found it very interesting looking at it with a newbie's eyes almost because you, you think, well, where do you start? Where, how do you mm-hmm. learn to play this game again? Mm-hmm. And, and putting yourself in that, you know, whether you're 41 <coughs> or 12 <laughs> and walking into a store and that, all those books on the shelf and, all that, and just thinking, holy shit, what, <laughs> How does this game work? And the idea of the intro game and all that kind of stuff doesn't sound so insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, the, you know, the basics of move, shoot, do all that stuff, obviously, is there in my head still. But actually, there's a whole world between knowing that and knowing how to play 40K as it is at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, if I get into it, I'm kind of, it's like learning a new game again, so I'm quite sure. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good place to start was those uh, one-click bundles for uh, 400 pounds. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good start. Can a couple more stories? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take three of those, please. <laughs> yeah, buying it's easy. It's uh, well, oh. not easy, but, you know, paying it, putting it together. <laughs> yeah. so I, I have the startings of an Imperial Fist uh, Space Marine chapter for 40K that I've done. And I, I mean, I got my yellow down. I really like the way it looks, but it takes me, like, three hours to do one guy. Oh. And I'm like, oh. And then there's times where I would like, be doing, like, the, the pauldrons around the edge and the, the red or the black would flow over to the yellow and I'd be like, oh, damn it, I have to redo like eight layers of yellow again. <laughs> oh, jeez. So with the, the Betrayal of Cal stuff, I'm really looking at Iron Warriors, Dark Angels, Raven Wings, something black that I can dry brush highlight <laughs> and then be like... I mean, that's why I'm the Dark Angels because it's like, you prime with a green primer, you put down a layer of green and then you wash it and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> And is that why your your raven wing is green? As yeah, well? everything's yeah. green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you save on yeah, it's, save on pain. <laughs> so, have you done the Age of Sigmar? Or have you tried that? I've not played it. Okay. I've just finished my first novel. Oh, oh, spoilers! So, so I'm trying to get my head around all the back, all the changes in the background and stuff. But it looks interesting. I, again, it's a, a huge departure. I like the approach in terms of just buying some toy soldiers and throwing them down. Yeah, and. And that accessibility of like, I like these guys, I like these guys. I'm not having to worry about having to, uh, having to get 50 spearmen and oh, 60 yeah. of these guys and stuff just to use it. And yeah. So the scalability, I think, is great. It's the thing that one always lacked. 40k was great. You could have 10 space wings and a captain, and although even if not a legal force, you could get at least a semblance of a game. Yeah. Whereas Warhammer, the way the unit rules work, the way the interaction of the manoeuvring works and stuff, you needed an army, which is cool, and that was the best thing about it. When you had a full army. Looks beautiful, you know. Painted armies over gorgeous terrain looks great, and I yeah. always preferred the look of Warhammer to 40k. 
even though you've got that big nights and stuff. But from an accessibility point of view of trying to get people into the game, selling them game, or even teaching them, it was, yeah, and you've got to buy 50 or 60 dollars and paint 50 the same deed up, and then they have one unit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and actually, for you, these guys are just worth plus three in common. Um, and the nice thing is, is they... they they hard sell. Yeah. yeah, and then you put them into a block, and nobody can see what you just painted. <laughs> Except the front yeah, row, yeah, you're like, right. oh man, why did you do this? That's mm-hmm. why when when I, I was back in fourth edition that I did fantasy, but um, that's why I would have like my outer rank guys mm-hmm. were, were beautifully painted, and then my inner rank guys were not quite as good, <laughs> and then like the two guys in the very center were like undercoated black or something like that because <laughs> people are like oh man those are really yeah thanks don't look any further <laughs> let's just focus on the first row but I gotta say I, I, I played a few games of Sigmar and like I said I, I mean and this is something that's come up from previous podcasts I can be a little negative about some stuff uh, but I, I really enjoy Sigmar as, as, as a system in itself for the exact same reasons you were saying there Gav is that I, I don't have a fantasy army anymore um, yeah. I've always been interested at it, but always the, the block is like, if I was going to do it, I would do orcs and goblins. I don't really want to pay a hundred goblins <laughs> so that a, a, a cannon can, can take them off the table. Um, so there's a lot of 40k guys looking at Age of Sigma who never looked twice at fantasy battles because, because of that. You mean I can get a few guys and start playing. Yeah. It's just such an easier step. Yeah. 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 For sure, I'm sure it'll scale up at some point. Well, and that's the nice thing about the system is it it, it's already built in the box. You can have a game with ten models. You can have a game with a thousand models. And you know, obviously, the time's going to change, but scalability wise, it's it works. And it's kind of it's a nice solid little system. And the the main concerns and complaints that people are getting is, oh wow, there's no points. Oh, it's not balanced. And you know, like my my comeback to that would be like, don't don't play against a dick then, and, (laughs) and then you won't have an issue. No, my, my, my comeback for that is like, well, well, you all moaned when there were points and said it wasn't balanced as well. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why, just get out of the middle, man, and put, you know. But it, it's true, though, everyone was always, you know, even when there were points and army lists and everything else, you know, those same guys, it's always, it was, um, you know, were always complaining that it's not balanced, these guys are too tough. Yeah. The fact that this guy costs one point more than he should. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, or whatever. So, and, and that's always going to be a debate, I think. Um, and, yeah, I'm still. It's early days, I suppose. Um, as much as taking the points out and putting lots of the like scenarios in and things like that, um, and seeing how that develops, and particularly how organised events develop, and you know, people are starting to kind of come up with like wound-based, you mm-hmm. know, point systems and, yeah. and, and kind of um, the idea of uh, you know, putting different limits on certain things for events and stuff is fine because. Once you get to an event, then you're signing up to a rules pack, you know what's involved, you know the kind of game to get into. And I think it's it's not pretending across any of the games that there's a one-size-fits-all kinds of gamers. And yeah. that's the thing. So if you want that organised play and that slightly more rigid idea of what counts as balance and structure, then that's cool, go to these events, we're organising these events. If you're more of a, a, a 4K apocalypse or Age of Sigma, throw your stuff down and have fun and roll dice and still got tactics and, and gameplay to it, but actually of a different kind, then these are the kinds of events or these are the kinds of clubs that you go to. I think yeah. there's no, there isn't a one true way. There isn't a this is right, this is wrong, any of that stuff. But it's the internet, so you know. Yeah, exactly. They, Their way is right. <laughs> Your way yeah. is wrong. Yeah, the internet tells me differently. And, <laughs> yeah. I found that, like, as I post on news articles or anything, if I ever leave a comment myself, I have to just, like, post it and just walk away and never look back. <laughs> <laughs> never read the comments. Yeah, never exactly. read the comments. <laughs> uh, 
So it's, it's always just the best. So there's a, a nice little cartoon and it's a guy who furiously sort of like tapping away at the keyboard late at night and he's like, but somebody on the internet is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've done that before. <laughs> so, so how much... Yeah. Uh, how much has the internet played in uh, games development? Or has it? In games development? Well, I, I, well these days I don't know. I think... Um, so you were working there before the internet was invented, right? Like well, 1964? <laughs> 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 it, it wasn't, the, the first kind of message boards and stuff were, were starting to pick up when I was on White Dwarf, so oh, okay. like the first couple of years I was there. Yeah. Sort of a wreck, Warhammer and stuff. Oh. War games and stuff. Um, but I think it's it's great in terms of uh, accessibility and kind of talking with people and that sense of community, but it also gives a false sense of uh, entitlement and accountability. Yeah. Uh, as an example of... Well, me and, me and my 12 mates have posted this in the forum, and we all agree, so therefore this thing's wrong, and therefore they should change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the idea, what's really interesting now is with the, sort of like the digital publishing um, uh, and being able to, to sort of create lots of, sort of digital supplements and things that aren't necessarily committed to being in a paper product in a store and things. Because the main... Despite everything being digital and, and online and the internet forums and everything else, what we were always restricted with was there was a paper product out in the store that you could go into and pick up and buy. And if we changed that radically, which happened, <laughs> there was a Warhammer staff tournament not not long after the Skaven, the fourth edition Skaven book came out. Um, and uh, it was a lesser Catori actually was playing Skaven, and his Italian translated version had changed the rules slightly. <laughs> so the King James uh, version. And he was cheating because he was uh, he was using laws of magic that the English version didn't allow vermin law to use or something like that, or it had been updated, it had been corrected, and so there were two versions of the rules for Skaven now. And that's the thing. Um, uh, as people become more and more sort of net savvy, and, and we, you know, it was obvious that ninety nine percent of gamers were online. Then actually, we could safely say. Know that, that they will be aware that there are FAQs or that they say, right, well, they're not FAQs, but you know, we can put a large out there. Uh, not necessarily change stuff because the thing is, you get into just kind of chasing your own tail. Like, well, these guys say they, they don't point too much, okay, and then a month later, it's, it's kind of a bit like patching video games. Yeah, well, we've gone too far. These guys now need to be a point more. Mm-hmm. And these guys, oh no, we'll turn down SMGs and we'll up sniper rifles. <laughs> yeah. And all that stuff, yeah, that's great if you're patching an online video game. Yeah. Um, well, it's not actually because it sucks there as well. <laughs> but, um, but actually, all you then do is you're not, you're not concentrating on the projects you're working on. You're not planning anything. You've not got a strategy. You're just responding to criticism. Yeah. And you're not creating a game system. You're uh, you're trying to run some kind of weird friend democracy thing <laughs> with the game. It's like, well, no, you have to publish and be damned sometimes. Yeah. You know? um, so, but but actually, being able to update stuff digitally, I think, changes that quite a bit. So, whether you have to be disciplined and not keep looking back at that project you finished two months ago and thinking, oh, if I just tweak this, it's going to be tough. You're not working on that. You're working on the thing that's going to be out in six months' time. Get that right. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, that. That, again, another discipline of like, well, once it's published, you're tough. You can't go back and change it. So, so you don't work your hardest to make sure when it goes out, it's as good as you can make it. Yeah. You don't get you don't get takes back since. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, those dark angels are traitors for life now, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Can't just publish little inserts in white dwarfs that you put into your codex, or maybe like a little sticker you put over. Oh, really? Armies books. Okay. Sort of like third edition Warhammer and stuff. And so when I was running Warhammer, we did the same. We did those pieced in errata in the annual and online and things because it's just, it's, it's, it's really geeky, but it's kind of cool. And it was actually what I did when I was 12. So uh, I kind of, and it's there, it's in the one book. Your book sort of looks like it's like half an inch thicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, there's no pages left that aren't actually got errata on them. Yeah. <laughs> So your early days of scrapbooking were at Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, that worked quite well, I think, as well. Well, I think, <laughs> I think just to go over the awfulness of the internet again, uh, we did ask people if they had questions for you specifically. Oh. <laughs> and right. and they, they ranged from, uh, he's not going to know that, to that's not his department, to, yeah, really? Um, well, so, when are you going to stop writing? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the first one. I've but played, everybody right? said you had a dashing smile. So. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the thing had the, what was it one here? It was, uh, ask him about the future of 30K. Um, if I could answer that for you, it's 40K. You know, obviously, you work uh, hand in hand with Forge World and their, uh, their 30K <laughs> development team. So, you used to work with Forge World, though, right? So. Uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, well, work with, as in, you know, they're in a building 20 minutes away doing their own thing in a case we get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's odd. I mean, and again, it's part of that development for a when, when the Horace started, well, the, the kind of big relaunch was the, the Sabertooth collectible card game and uh, the IP manager, Adam Eric, kind of consolidated a lot of the heresy background and they started developing the story and it all went into collective visions and, and all that kind of stuff. And then Black Library picked it up and it kind of became a Black Library thing. And then it was like, well, it's kind of cool. So Forge World got in on it mm. uh, and, and kind of been developing more and more heresy stuff and doing background for it. And of course, now we come full circle and the studio have released, you know, or Betrayal of Calf and they're doing it. So more and more people have kind of got involved and so there's more been, had to be more and more sort of communication mm-hmm. the thing with Forge World actually was I think they pushed out the boat a bit more in terms of some of the imagery and ideas we were quite conservative with the way we were describing the Space Marines legions and their gear and their stuff and it was all although the Space Marines themselves had a slightly different mindset to 40k the legions felt like just big Space Marine chapters and then the Forge World guys came in and said no and they've got this really cool big tank and they've got this thing mm-hmm. and we went actually yeah, yeah, actually yeah we've got to push it out and actually come up with we're trying to outdo them in the cool <laughs> war machine states and stuff like that and that's kind of see what we can come up with that they might want to include later on um, so uh, and that's been really cool actually we you know uh, we don't tend to have the big meetings about heresy that we used to because there's probably about 10, 12, 15 authors involved now whereas when there was sort of like 7 or 8 of us it was a bit more easy to get everybody around the table yeah. but then we'd Alan Blythe from Forge World would come and show us all the new pretty toys they were doing mm. and, we go, oh, cool, right, I'm putting that in the next book. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, and because it's always sort of developing an ongoing narrative as well as sort of toy soldier-based stuff for the game and things, it's, um, it's an ongoing process of communication. The next thing I do, well, I'm just about to do the rewrites for my next Harrison novel, which is Angels of Caliban. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, where we revealed our obviously dirty traitors. of Caliban, but they wouldn't let It gives away the premise in the title. It's, yeah. <laughs> it makes look like Star Wars, uh, Darth Vader's Luke's father. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, unfortunately, I won't be getting down to them for a while, but Alan and, and the guys there have been working on some of the Dark Angels background that they want to do and flesh out their history and how it, how it actually works when you're the First Legion. So I've tried to incorporate as much as I can into Angels of Caliban. Uh, and one of the things being that lots of authors and developers have handled the Dark Angels over the last 20 years and have just made up random stuff half the time. <laughs> like they're loyal. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, uh, and they've been taken in various different directions and different terminology and, and stuff. And actually it really fits, what we've come up with really fits nicely with the idea of, well, they were, they were this thing first and then the leaders were created and they became this thing and then they went to Caliban and got incorporated into the order and they started calling things like this. And so actually there's these layers upon layers of terminology and stuff that's accreted and, and actually, um, and a lot of that's come through the work that we have been doing mm-hmm. on, on the background of, and kind of delve into what you're talking So that's kind of the fun of it, really. So have you ever uh, written in a new vehicle or character just hoping that Forge World would make it for you? Yes, I and mean, they did. <laughs> well, that's well, that's it. Well, make it for me. I don't afford Forge World stuff, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, they, they released the um, Mastodon. Which oh! Really which and it, may, it may have been a main drop in earlier, I can't remember that. I described it in... Um, Mandavella in the Primarchs, the lion, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's basically uh, th- there's a scene that's describing uh, a bunch of uh, iron hands, I think I want to say, or was it Imperial Fists? No, iron hands, I think, who are attacking um, Death Guard, and it, and it just describes this big, sort of like multi four tracked, big um, sort of multi squad carrying troop transports called Mastodons. Oh, cool. Uh, and, that was it. and that was kind of one of the things that was in response to. So, oh, I, the Lion was one of the first opportunities I had once for, for Forge started to start making up some of these cool war games stuff. So, it's one of the. I was like, well, actually, it's because everything's bigger in the heresy, uh. um, even the knobs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, the abiding images, I used to play Epic Space Marine a lot. Oh, yeah. It was one of the games I played. Dexter Titanicus was pretty much the first game I play, so I love all the heresy background, and I've been sort of involved sort of like as a fan with it for a long, long time, yeah. and, there was a, and there was a brilliant picture which had all of these sort of capital imperialist, huge transports with the, with the space wolves, the legion, the legion of space wolves coming down the ramp, and in numbers that you these days would illustrate the Imperial Guard, you know, yeah. and it's like, and you go, that was the legion, you know, you like, think of the Imperial Guard, but then turn them all into space marines. And, wow. and, so, and so it's always that, that, that idea of a transport that delivers 40 space marines, mm-hmm. not 10. Yeah. You know, that, why? Because why? our legions can't have that many riders. They need something bigger. And so they've got land raiders and Spartans and really big stuff. But I was just thinking, yeah, it's just cool. And I think that's got a lot of plasma cannons in it. And, so, and, and that image has, has always been the image I keep going back to in terms of what, how I see the horse heresy is. You know, thousands of space marines on the battlefield, on yeah. one battlefield. Mm-hmm never again could be recreated once the legions were broken up yeah so they work in like a, a little uh, bug for you in the in the Mastodon like for Gav like in between a track plate or anything I mean do you ever I don't know, maybe yeah, yeah. hopefully well, yeah. I sort of just painted my name on underneath when yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright well we're gonna step away for a couple of seconds take a quick on break yeah. uh, we'll come back talk about some more heresy 
And then obviously not tell you about all the spoilers that Gav has told us for Heresy coming up. <laughs> uh, we will be uh, right back. Man, my old lady is so moody right now. I hate that time of the month. Not me. I buy generic tampons. They clean up all that gross lady stuff and she's happy because we've saved money. Wow, generic tampons. I'll have to give those a try. Damn, I can't believe I lost another game. All of my dice are rolling once. Quit the whining, man. You should change your cotton. Another rending hit! Thanks, generic brand tampons. Generic brand tampons, not just for ladies. For a limited time, send in six applicator sticks for a free dice bag. Only one word answers now. Oh, oh man, <laughs> what a great and unexpected break. <laughs> <laughs> to- no, totally expected. That was uh, to- yeah, totally planned. Another well-planned production right here. <laughs> the, the- we get all of the nice, like, R-rated content out of Gav, like, while I'm not recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so get the, the drunken escapades to Bugman's. <laughs> I'm very sad my workplace doesn't have a bar, um, but my productivity would probably be very, very low if it, if it did. That's <laughs> true. I did, uh, uh, I started drinking what probably became less of a problem, but, you know, it's, uh, after we moved, because they did basically take longer to the bar. <laughs> Did you find you're more creative? I was deep, yeah. This is before Red Bull and vodka. Huh? Oh, I can't do no, no, no. Red Bull vodka. Oh. Tied up. Not good. Oh, my gosh. Many a punk concert. Many a punk concert. That's, that's something no one understands over here and took me like six months to oh, get. Red Bull and vodka? But no, no. I used to I used to go for lunchtime beers. Oh, like, yeah. Like when I was working in the UK and stuff like that, for my lunch break, I would go to the pub. I have like a burger and, and chip plate, and then I would have a beer with my lunch. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, apparently you're an alcoholic if you do that over <laughs> here. I just like, I'm getting relaxed for the second half of my day. Yeah. 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 My, my dad's from England. He used to tell the stories about how he would, you know, he'd go out for like the liquid lunches. And I'm just like, wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's very different. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. I never got a driver's license until I came over here. There's no point in it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think working at state parks, that was the only place that I could drink. Well, I, I'd stop drinking at that point, but like they would often go out for beers. But I guess when you're working for parks, like what do you need to do? <laughs> Tell them kids to get off their lawn. <laughs> yeah. I think that was like a step, you know, there was a chaser version of weed. That's all it was. It's like, well, let's give them an avenue before they just smoke up in the office. <laughs> state park employees, after all. <laughs> So we're back. Yes. <laughs> Lunchtime escapades aside. Uh, um, so I'm, I'm curious. Uh, now there's there's probably like some uh, some aspects of the story that you're probably not. I mean, you're not talking about like the two lost uh, legions, right? Um, so how uh, are, for all these things that we're not hearing about. Is there a story to them, or is it like, all right, you guys aren't allowed to think about it, you're not allowed to talk about it, and when you start talking about it in the break room, we zap you with a taser? Like, what? <laughs> like talking about unions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the two lost legions were one of those things that were included for, for many reasons, but it was never, there was never a story to them. So there was never any temptation to kind of hint at the story because there was nothing. It was pure, well, it was for two reasons, really. One, they were just kind of uh, a blank that uh, kind of illustrated that while two legions were wiped out. It was also because the original list of legions was based on a list of Roman legions, and two legions, Roman legions, were expunged from the records. They were, oh. they were so dishonored. And so that, that was kind of where it started, that idea of it based on real history. So 
um, and it kind of snowballed from there. And then we started kind of looking at what might have happened to them in some of the heresy books. Uh, and then we got some very stern meetings where they said, oh, stop doing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> people, because as people expect an answer, if you start yeah. and then they want an answer yeah. and, and, we, and we can't deliver because whatever whatever answer we came up with, no matter how cool, will never be as cool as everybody's individual yeah, take on yeah. what happened. I always thought it was just so that if you're doing a successor chapter and you didn't want to use any of the existing ones, you'd be like, oh, it's a successor to the Lost Legion, you wouldn't have heard that's, about them. You can do that as well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that we have, people have to kind of bear in mind with the way the background works, or well, a lot of the background works, is it's, it's interactive, it's there to open doors for people. It's not about providing you with all the answers, because when you provide the answers, you stop the interaction. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, you can invent, it's why there's not, no definitive list of how many successes there were, how many chapters were created in the second round, and all that kind of stuff. Because it's one, it's part of the mythos that there's gaps and its history is 10,000 years old, and nobody knows anything anymore, any more than we know what happened 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, but also, from the real world perspective, of you can just make your own stuff up, and provided it kind of thematically fits with it and kind of plays with certain aspects and, and doesn't run roughshod over them, mm-hmm. you can go for it. There are, there are facts, such as the current chapter master of the Ultramans is Marnius Calgar, and he's got big hands. But, <laughs> but actually... Fisting through the universe. This should be the battles he's been in, everything else. But well, here's some that we've documented. But the idea is your battles, tell, you get to tell your story. There's you know, however many thousands of 40K players are telling the story of 40K every time they put that three soldiers down. Yeah. Whether they... Whether they care to or not, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have to come up with narrative and stuff, but it's there for them if they want to. Yeah. And the idea of placing the universe out there at a certain point, and this is backstory, and this is kind of what's going on, but actually, you guys tell the story from now on. You collect the army, you fight the battles. I always remember one, there was a great story of one of the guys who worked in one of the US stores, Baltimore store or something like that, and a kid came in and painted up Carl Franz for his empire army and had a game in store. Uh, and Carl Franz died to it again. The guy oh. said, What? You let Carl Franz die? I've got a phone in the studio. Don't know he's dead. Well, he died. But <laughs> 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 so, I don't think they let Carl Franz do that sort of thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that idea, you know, he's like, No, well, no. in your version, he died. Yeah. Or he didn't. It was a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I say. If 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 I was the uh, if I was the uh, uh, supreme chapter master of the Dark Angels, at this point there wouldn't be a single single Dark yeah. Angel alive at the rate that I go through <laughs> in my <laughs> games. Well, that was one of the things I ran into a bit. It was a bit of a difficulty really with the legacy of Caliban stuff. How many of them? Not because it influences the background, but. They have a lot of battles and there's a lot of fighting and stuff like that. Yeah. And even if they started off at full strength, by the end of the, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the terrible, terrible events in their history. Yeah. But also trying to hint at the idea that actually this isn't the first time it's happened. Yeah. And the same way the space old background is the same with the Blood Angels. You know, the, there's been times when even the most famous chapters have been close to being wiped out, mm-hmm. and they've kind of, they've, you know, even if it's a handful of guys, they've been that idea, that legacy has carried on for 10,000 years of being the first founding chapters, being the improvised of the Ultramarines and Dark Angels is really important, yeah. and they've always survived, they've always been rebuilt. You might not have heard of them, for five, they might have done nothing for 500 years, but they survived and carried on. Yeah. Um, so the idea of chapters being brought to the brink and stuff, you know, well, yeah, this isn't the first time it happened, and it's not the last. Yeah. 
So just out of curiosity, if, if uh, do you have, I guess there's a lot of these curiosities. Um, <laughs> if, if the emperor got up off of his porta potty right now, would he flip his shit, or would he be happy with the way the Imperium is going? Oh, there is no way he'd be happy with it. Um, <laughs> as we know, I mean, it, it, it's well, well, he can't get up; he's dead. You're terrible at what is. Some bit of them survived. They are just basically—it's a puppet corpse. That's uh, like radical. Walt Disney, <laughs> like Wizard of Oz. Custodians train their voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody called the chaplain. I think we've got some uh, heresy over here. <laughs> Whose hand is in that puppet? That's all I know. <laughs> but, uh, I do like this, in fact. I, mean, no, I mean, definitely not. I mean, but you would understand how it got the way it got, because it all went wrong. You know, his grand plan, his secular imperium, all the rest of it, the idea that he thought he could fight chaos by denying knowledge of them, the dead, which is not kind of sensible, because the knowledge of chaos itself is a temptation. Yeah. It's the dark path. It's the, well, hang on, you mean it's a shortcut? Yeah. If you know that, it's a temptation, and so the idea of not knowing there's a shortcut was was his thing. Um, but he wouldn't necessarily be happy about it. If, but then again, as I try to explore with the lot of increased background, it's one of the worst things for Imperium would be for the Emperor to come back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the same way that one of the worst things for Christianity would be for the for Jesus to come back. It's nice when you've got to distinct and national fear. I used to imagine being like, God, guys, no, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I, I think he may well uh, understand how it got there. Essentially, I think, and, and understand that you know humanity is weak. And the thing is, it's not quite fa- the fa- plan's not failed yet. The idea is to get humanity to survive this transition into a psychic race. Uh, you know, at some point in the future, and they've not. There's horrible stuff going on, and it's. The thing about the Imperium and the way the way it works, it, it comes from people say, oh, it's fascist and things. You go, well, it's, it's not intentionally fascist or totalitarian. It's just that it's the only way you're trying to hold together an entire species over the galaxy with war travel and ravening demons and aliens trying to destroy them. You, go, it, you can't worry about the details. Yeah. The details are a planet full of 20 billion people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Life is cheap, but actually, it's, we're in it for the species, species before. Yeah. Um, so, is that where the UN yeah. is failing? Is that they're not fascist enough? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're, they're worrying too oh. much about the little people. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. they're obviously like, just all corrupted by chaos. It's <laughs> oh. 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 politics time with Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The, the Imperium, it, well, humanity is, is, is surviving despite the Imperium, rather than because of it, really. Yeah. Um, um, uh, but there's nothing else you can do. You know, it's. It's impossible for it to be a galaxy-spanning empire and work efficiently. It just doesn't work. You know? yeah. um, if the emperor finished, because that's the other thing. Like, well, the emperor's basically finished. So, like, if he hasn't, uh, you know, got distracted, he went and finished building, stealing the roadway off the old arm or whatever it was he was planning <laughs> to do, and then allowed humanity to traverse the, 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 the galaxy safely and stuff. Again, that's part of that golden era, that yeah. the idea that humanity wouldn't be prey to warp in the way it is and the rest of it so again, well that just went over the side yeah. as soon as, as, soon as you know, well as soon as the demons break in and started playing <laughs> yeah. around but you know so I was really looking forward to a better Chinese delivery you know that <laughs> well, web web could have been amazing that would be great wouldn't it it's yeah. fresh 
<laughs> all the way from Terra. I, I, I think honestly, I mean, if the Emperor woke up, uh, the, there's a that that YouTube series with if the Emperor had a text to speech device. Oh, did you see that, Gav? Uh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's essentially some real nice John Blanchard that they've kind of animated in a really cheap way, and they they install a text to speech device on the Emperor, and it's just it's it's ten episodes, but it's it's really is like the first thing he does is he disbands the Inquisition and the <laughs> <laughs> and the Ecclesiary, and just yeah, it's it's to be honest, it's tongue in cheek, but it's very pretty accurate about, about what would happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he gets a centurion as a toy because he thinks it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, that's good. Yeah, we're gonna. You got some more? Are you inquisitive still? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys ever write story? I'm just curious. Oh, I'm always sorry. Um, do you guys ever write stories that are not for the public? Like, pass them around? Like, you know, what if the Emperor did get up and find a Centurion as a toy? Or, like... A chain email? What, yeah. <laughs> I want to I know what the story... I know, no. I don't think any of us have got the time. We need to pay for it. almost looked like an official answer, and the answer was yes. <laughs> like, the, the way you rolled your eyes. Like, I'm not allowed to talk about this. <laughs> no, no, rule 34, 40K. <laughs> yeah. I think it's actually just kind of like fan fiction under a different name. <laughs> 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 about, you know, yeah, about the Emperor or the Space Marine system about love triangle. <laughs> Darn, I was hoping for orcs in there. Yeah, you have uh, the Beast, because we're going to do a 32K story, the Beast, a sister of battle in the Emperor's corpse. <laughs> oh, this oh. Is, uh, sounds wrong. like really yeah. bad yeah. German. Yeah, the face you just made. Just, there we go. <laughs> no, we need that. <laughs> Nobody needs that. No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what happened in the system about Batman, are they? Really, not that. They're doing a talking for our listeners, Gavin mentioned that that was kind of like what he did when I took a drink of water, and it was almost a messy, messy explosion. <laughs> it's all over everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll take a little break and yeah, come back and we'll uh, we'll do some uh, points is right. Oh, Gav, you're gonna like this. And you'll probably beat the tar out of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, be right, back. Twelve thousand years ago, man discovered mammal boob. And ever since then, we have been sucking mammal milk. Now, in a new, seductive, udder-shaped plastic jug, milk can be brought with you wherever your travels lead you. Whether the boardroom, the dinner table, or the mountaintop, you can guzzle as much of that yummy, white, sebaceous cream your heart desires. Milk has wonderful attributes, like colostrum, a chemical found in the mother's milk immediately after she gives birth to her young calf. Now you could take advantage of the disease-curing effects of colostrum in your body. Treat your mouth to the wonderful mother's nectar of milk. Take it with you on your next adventure. Uh, recording. Okay. Welcome I, back. I, <laughs> for those of you who are not visual listeners, Gav is holding a wolf puppet to a camera. 
I like to do my NPR voice. I think yeah. it's my favorite thing that I get to do. Uh, so welcome back. We're going to be doing The Points Are Right in no way related to The Price is Right. No. Uh, no, it is a, purely a game show using units from Warhammer 40,000 where I tell you the unit, you tell me how many points it is, and the closest without going over wins. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's second that, edition, right? It's second edition edition today. Uh, there's there's some uh, word over usage there, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I figured we'd give Gav a little bit of a heads up because he was responsible for the development of some of this stuff, uh, ignoring, the, <laughs> ignoring the fact that it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that in mind, our first uh, item, and uh, the points are right, is uh, Azriel, Grandmaster of the Dark Angels, with his war gear. Whoa. Azriel, Grandmaster of the Dark Angels, with his war gear. How many points was he? With with his war gear cards. With his, war, with his basic war gear cards. Yeah, well, basic. Oh man. Uh, who goes first? How do we tell? We buzz in. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Four hundred thirty-two. Four hundred thirty-two with Ted. <laughs> Forgetting point cost in second <laughs> edition. <laughs> I was obviously nowhere near. Gav. What's that? Two hundred seventy-three. Two strong. Two. Two hundred seventy-three. Yeah. Uh, um, Phil. One point. You didn't buzz in. But one point. Okay. Because Phil understands how this game is played. Because yes. <laughs> I've seen the show that this is nowhere near resembling. No, no, it, is, it has nothing to do one with point. it. Uh, Phil is closest without going over as Grandmaster <laughs> Azriel with his basic war gear was two hundred. Oh, sorry, one hundred eighty-five points. Yes. <laughs> how was he closest? Because I I didn't go over. I closest go without over. going over. You went oh. over. Ted, you and you could get like two grandmasters for your guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Azrael and his twin. Oh my god, Beezy. All right, I, I should watch the prices right more often. <laughs> That's a point to fill. Yeah. All right, option <laughs> number two. Uh, Gav, are you looking this up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I just yeah. had a pencil drop. Yeah, <laughs> a max size, so a three model Raven Wing Landspeeder squad. With with no upgrades. Ravenwing Lancer side. Okay. Oh. Gav, you buzzed in. Ravenwing <laughs> squad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with no upgrades, land speeders. Land speeders. Yeah. Uh, Four hundred four. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I, answer not found. <laughs> no. Um, One fifty. One fifty for Ted. I'm not going to go one. That would be easy. Yeah. I'm going to say 75. What? 75. Okay. Okay. And the winner is? Gav is closest without going over 585 points. <laughs> Holy jeez. For okay, three so land speeders. Some things have gained for wow. us. And some things have not. <laughs> uh, as we mentioned earlier, the, the points cost decreased so the models could increase. Yeah. Gosh, that's quite a... <laughs> All right. Continuing the Dark Angel theme... Guess which codex I had open today. <laughs> An interrogator chaplain. An interrogator chaplain. One of three levels of chaplains available to the Dark Angels. This would be the middle one. An interrogator chaplain. Bzz. Phil. I'm going to guess 200 points. 200 points from Phil. Okay, I'm going to go with... An interrogator chaplain is... 112. Okay. Oh, so uh, eh. so I'll, I'll go 100. 100. 100? Uh, you all went over is 84 points base. Oh, wow. 
So that went up in points. Gav was closest to the third level, the master chaplain, who I believe is 113. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but so you get a quarter of a point. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a point. I think I knew he wasn't the top level. That was the thing. I was thinking he's not the really big guy. The interrogator he was. It's middle road. <laughs> All right. Okay. So question to third. Uh, a dreadnought with a multi-malta and a power fist from the Angels of Death book. Oh. Ooh. Oh, gas. 285. 285. Oh, wow. Burn. Phil. I know. Phil. I'm going to say 200 again. 200. And then Ted. Uh, 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 165. 165. Ted, you were closest without going over as he is 195 points. Oh, <laughs> the only point I'll get for the rest. Of All right, we're we're halfway through here. All right, all right, we're we're halfway through here. Bear bear with me. It's a, it's a tie. Well, Gav said he'd be a quarter point ahead because he, he thought the right answer. Uh, moving on to the Eldar Codex for these next half, uh, knowing that you know Gav has his affinity for Eldar. Uh, a max size squad of Harlequins from Second Edition. One sixty. Had 160. I think I just do 160. I guess you don't really need to buzz in because everyone gets to answer, but I, I, I kind of like it still. <laughs> okay. You went 160. Harlequins weren't cheap. And a max size squad. Oh, max. Okay. Max size squad of Harlequins is going to be something like 300 points. Okay. All right. I'm going to go in the middle there and go with 200 points. Okay. That's my go to. 250. Yeah! 250. They are uh, 25 points each, max unit of 10. Oh, nice. 250 points. Phil pulls ahead. <laughs> A solitary, unmodified death jester. Ooh. 85. I'm sorry, you didn't buzz in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you told me I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sniped. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gav did 85, Ted. Oh, shit. 87. <laughs> Phil. Um, uh, one point. Damn it, buzz in, Phil. <laughs> one point. One point. <laughs> All right, that one. Ted, you were closest because you were two points over what Gav was. Uh, actual cost is 125 points. <laughs> right after. Thanks, Gav. <laughs> All right, all right, okay. Uh, a minimum size squad of howling banshees. A minimum size squad of howling banshees. Phil, uh, seventy-five points. Seventy-five points from Phil. One twenty-five. One twenty-five from Ted. I do like how Ted actually presses like yeah. a buzzer as he's buzzing <laughs> the non-existent buzzer. <laughs> it's yeah. What's that? 100. 100. And Phil was closest to that one. A mid-sized squad of Harlequins is 81 points. Yes. 81 oh. points. I was thinking that. <laughs> that counts that, for that nothing. That counts for, I guess. Yeah. I guess. That counts less in an, like in a, in, a, in a podcast than like looking it. Like, so if you gestured it. Our, it our penultimate, our penultimate one. Uh, oh. An avatar of Cain. 275. 
275 from Gav. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's like my 160. 160. <laughs> 160. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to go with uh, my usual guess of 200. <laughs> Not just one. Not just one. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was divided as either I say one or 200. <laughs> Gav was closest. It is 300 points. Oh! And then the last one here. The last oh, one. You sound disappointed. I, I wouldn't be. This is dry. No. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 from the Eldar Codex, mm-hmm. a pirate captain champion. Holy oh shit. God, I want one of those. <laughs> a pirate captain champion. <laughs> Phil. I'm going to say 55. Ooh. That means no, you're over. Oh. It's the last one, so we're oh. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Get that one? Well, that's <laughs> Gav. Meh. Over. Oh. Uh, that was a champion, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ted, if you say one, I'm just going to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> 1. 1.5. Oh! Oh! 1.5. 1. 1.5. What a cheater. What a cheater. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's only one point. <laughs> they are 13 points. That leaves us with the very competitive and exciting tie between Ted and Phil. And a, a very respectable two and a quarter points from Gav. <laughs> So that has been the points are right and uh, no way in relation to a TV show of a similar name. Yeah, not anywhere close to it. That is, uh, yeah, I, I'm done with that bit. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and break, and then we'll be right back. And I think just to wrap up, and, and you know, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Worst transition ever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back when we wrap up, yo. Peace. Do you like cookies but want something more British? Buy biscuits, not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea, stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. <laughs> oh man, I would, I would never sell my second edition codexes. Codice, codice, codice. How do they go for a decent amount? No, no, they don't. No, I mean for me, it's more kind of, uh, it's it's a memory thing. We're kind of that's why I first got into the game, so I remember getting those books. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like going through those, uh, and to me, like the. They've started getting a lot better with it with the seven edition codexes, but the background for a while, and you couldn't beat in the second edition ones. It was much more succinct. There was a lot more, you know, fluff to that rather than just kind of the, the crunch of it. Um, so yeah, I, I'll keep them forever, or until my wife tells me we don't have room for them. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one happens first. You have survived past that line for a long time. <laughs> that is true. That, You're that a very is lucky true. man. I'm very, very lucky man. <laughs> I got all my stuff stuck in the laundry room. <laughs> we, uh, we we joke. Uh, we had to take a break earlier. Because my wife had come home from walking the dogs, and we didn't want them to come in and kind of bark and all that other kind of fun stuff. But she literally sat in the car for about 15 minutes waiting for a good Dang. break point for us. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, She's I'm pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty lucky. Got some breakfast burritos out of it. Got some breakfast burritos. She makes us food every time, Gav. Unfortunately, we couldn't mail it to you due to international laws. <laughs> um, I still don't eat meat on the bone because of the UK. What do you mean? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. BSE. <laughs> They they like in the nineties they, they they slaughtered herds of cows because they got mad cow disease I that. and then they banned the sale of meat on the bone. I don't know if it's still there, but I won't touch meat on the bone. So, do you ever? What's that? Yeah, I, I think it's still certain certain meat on the bone you can't get. Do you go into the black uh, black market and get meat on the bone like, or? Yeah. <laughs> kidnapped kittens or like Buffalo yeah. Wild <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings is like an underground corporation <laughs> like Krispy Kreme yeah. in Anchorage. <laughs> Well, wow. so I think that sort of like at the border, they've got one of those big signs, and they're like, "Factories have 22 days without an accident." Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> pretty good record it's better than when i was there wow i'd love to see the process there at customs as they take the bones out of all the animals that come through <laughs> there there was a story not to get political about it but uh britain sent like tons and tons and tons of food to uh new orleans after katrina to oh. ca- to kind of help out huh. and the state department rejected it all and destroyed it all because of fears of bse wow mm. yeah it's sad wasteful what a note to go out in the podcast on. <laughs> that, that, that was a great way to start that outro. Um, Gav, I, I want to... I want <laughs> okay, so the weirdest thing about being hey. in this country... The weirdest thing about being in this country is eggs in the fridge. What? Eggs in the fridge. Yeah, why? Uh, is it, yeah, why? It, just, it doesn't make any sense. That's and that, that's what it us to do that. And you go, no it's what they do to the eggs over here there's like chemical processes that strip oh. off a lot of the protective barriers so you have to keep them refrigerated okay. yeah so facts so, about eggs and uh meat importation so is that like uh, general electric doing this like thing with the producers to <laughs> <laughs> you make need, us buy you bigger, bigger fridges, fridges yeah. because you need to fit your eggs in it i, I did buy a giant fridge because i'm in america <laughs> and i need a giant fridge and i will be buying a giant truck because i'm in america <laughs> and i need to own a giant truck yeah yeah pretty much and the giant hat that you'll have to buy a lot of eggs yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure because they all go bad <laughs> thanks well, Gav, thanks for coming on. Um, I appreciate taking time to talk to us here. Uh, I've learned a lot of stuff I, I didn't really think of before, especially kind of in the in the thirty k world and, and some Dark Angel stuff. Like I, I, I always joked that they were Trader Legion, and, and here I am the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> my, my poor Imperial heart is breaking. <laughs> so, any chance you're going to do any of the conventions here in the the U.S.? Your your Adepticons or your Las Vegas Opens. Uh, if, if they invite me and pay for it, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, which is pretty much the way it works. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to let for a while. That was really good fun last time I came over. But, yeah, the reality is sort of, um, I don't know really where the, where the official DW events are at the moment, but, um, uh, and kind of the, the whole kind of Black Library involvement and stuff is, seems to be up in the air. But, I mean, I'd love to go to places. One of the things I really enjoyed most about when I was working for GW and still working for, you know, writing for Black Library was going to different places and meeting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, if you want me, you'll have to pay. <laughs> you don't you just have to pay for a flight. And yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, so we don't have to feed you or anything. You're <laughs> not no, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. He'll bring his own eggs. Yeah. He doesn't have to refrigerate <laughs> them. <laughs> his contraband eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. I'll, I'll bring some yeah. meat over. <laughs> Well, there, there, there's that fun message for Adepticon people. Let's start a Kickstarter page. GavThorFlights.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, so yeah, thank you for coming on then, Phil. Thank you for dropping by as yeah, well and giving much. us some insight in Dark Angels, which yeah, uh, sure. Ted and I as mainly orc players uh, yeah. and other things lack. Yeah, i uh, do that. Also, is... you can see plenty of uh, Dark Angel uh, battle reports on youtube.com slash c slash yeah i feel like such an underpaid hooker every time you oh. plug your oh, stuff i'm just saying i'm gonna do it yes. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to find more about dark angels i did so i have a couple of q a's on my blog www.gav.co.uk <laughs> there we go i was gonna say i was like uh gav gav just i promise i'm gonna mention my friend's game open combat there you go open combat yeah well, why it's not awesome what you're talking about yeah it's like yeah I, I feel greasier and slimier every time you guys say good <laughs> good you're, you got hey, you yeah you're yeah. in the real media now yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're media now you got you got to plug things so gav uh, do you have anything coming up through black library here soon or anything you want to plug through them yes 
Okay. Just <laughs> 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 <Fire>. his name. <laughs> so the next thing up is the vehicle Beast of Rising series. I've done two. I've you, done book three for that and, and book eight further down the line when I'm writing so, next week. Wow. I am <laughs> very... Very excited for that series. Very, very excited for that series. I, I, I can't wait. This is I, the uh, the orcs series. The, the, right? the, the orcs invading Terra in 32k, which I can only hope is going to go Black Library to Forge World, yeah. so I can remortgage my house. <laughs> uh, but no, so that that starts releasing in December with book one of twelve uh, about the, the orcs coming out, and then Gab, your book three, which puts you at a release date of February. That sounds, uh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Look at this, Jonathan. Yeah. Everybody so. So, yeah. so remember your loved ones is Valentine's Day by buying <laughs> two or three copy of Gavthorpe's uh, book as part of the Beast Arises yeah. uh, about the yeah about about the biggest orc wa the galaxy will ever see. Wow, I'm, I, I, man, I just want this section yeah, to keep I'm going. Sold. Now you got the good stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked right. earlier. Right. Come back in a couple of months. There we go. There we <laughs> yeah, go. yeah. It, right. uh, yeah, let's let's pull you back in in February, actually, when uh, when your book comes out, and then we can talk some more about 32K. It's definitely a lot cheaper to Skype you than fly you over. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get some airline miles. I'm up for that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Gav, again, thanks so much for, for being a part of our, our, our tiny little podcast. Thank you for letting us uh, use your likeness for our own promotional needs. Uh, <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ragnar. Ra- Ra- Ragnar the wolf puppet. Uh, our new unofficial Bob Rules mascot. Uh, and then, yeah, thanks, Phil, for coming in yeah, and promoting your Glacial Geek YouTube channel. I'm always happy to pr- uh, promote my Glacial Geek uh, YouTube YouTube.com channel. forward slash you forward slash the Glacial Geek? Uh, actually, it's forward slash C. Forward slash C. Oh, C. Uh, the Glacial Geek, yeah. C is... You, is, is you just hate me? No, well, it's... A, C stands for cool. C stands for cool. Uh, 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 yeah, C stands for cool. Ted, Ted, I'm, I'm here to do the plug stuff, uh, so yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, that, that's why I am. Ted. You got an art show or something coming up oh. in the park? Or? <laughs> well, Gab, if you happen to be in Anchorage next week, <laughs> on Friday, I'm partaking in a uh, museum art show. But anyway. Yeah. All right. So for episode 10 of Mob Rules, this has been John. This has been Phil. And the Ted. Yeah. yeah. Um, we will see you next time. Peace. Thanks. Peace. This episode of Mob Rules has been brought to you by Mob Rules Media. Please join our Facebook group and be part of the conversation at facebook.com forward slash mob rules AK. You can also email us at themob at tophat arts.com. Thanks for checking us out, and we will see you in two weeks. It's all gonna be market or uh, yeah. Yeah. proper marketing after that. No, it's just like we know we're gonna hit record. Like, okay, and you're just silent. <laughs> Single word answers. So how's your day? Uh, so so for our, our intros, we kind of generally sum up what we're doing in the episode here. So we pre-type something we would like you to say as well. Uh, we're gonna start with this week on Mob Rules. We have a guest you've actually heard of. Uh, Ted's gonna say we welcome back a guest you might have heard of. And then you're going to say that you were led to believe this was a better podcast than it actually is. Or, or some <laughs> other way of just ripping on it. Uh, okay. And then we'll, we'll finish that up there. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be good. So Sorry. yeah, let's, let's uh, give that a run through. Yeah, your okay. So, um, all right. So you want to start off this, is, uh, this week on Mob Rules. Yes. Then I'll go, oh, we have a guest we've actually heard, or you've actually heard of. And I say we welcome back a guest you might have heard of. And then that'd be where you jump in yeah. with your sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
So I go this week on Mob Rules. Uh, you. <laughs> we have a guest. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> come on, Ted. Yours is written down. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't do it. What's he, what's he, what's he can. Okay. Uh, all right. Go, go again. This week on Mob Rules. We have a guest you've actually heard of. We welcome back a guest you might have heard of. Are you guys actually popular? <laughs> <laughs> you have a nice concern face. No. Check out our back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. Here all right. Go. All right. Uh,